Man, the Bucks are NBA champions. What the hell is wrong with Team USA? And will Kendall Jenner still have D-Book's baby? I'm Rosa Panza. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Of course, I have the two hooligans with me again. JJ, how you living, my friend? My name is... Get Buck. <laughs> and of course, John. John, how you living? My name is... Rest in peace to my credibility. What's going on? <laughs> I think to a lot of people's credibility. To be fair, I think... Man, let's just get into this. The Bucks defeated the Suns. It took six games. I feel really bad for that Suns and Four guy. He was so close to just making a ton of money. John, what did you think of this series? What did you think of Game 6, et cetera, et cetera? Oh, man. I got to be honest. I was dreading doing this episode just because I, I have to first and foremost apologize to any Suns fans for jinxing you. Can I do that? I didn't know I had that kind of power, though. I, I called the Suns in to win the series after game one. Let this be a lesson to you, all you kids out there, young youngsters. Do not <laughs> count your chickens before they hatch. Holla, holla. And yeah, nothing is over until it's over. I, I mean, I got to say, to keep it brief, the, the Bucks surprised me. I thought they were going to just fold down 0-2, but they showed a lot of resilience. Giannis did things on the court that a lot of people said he wasn't capable of doing, which was just dominating the game from scoring to rebounding to defense to just being a leader. And, you know, credit to him. He's a great guy. He deserves all the credit. Uh, Mike Budd, I'm still not a huge fan. I know a lot of us people, a lot of people aren't, but he's a champion. What can you say? And for the Suns, Chris Paul, my goodness, man. I don't know if this guy's ever going to get a ring now. And I know that JJ's over there smiling. And and if he's not showing it, he's at least smiling on the inside. But, you know, the Suns have Booker. They have Aiden. They're young. I I just don't know if... It'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward, especially with Chris Paul. He's 35. But Milwaukee, you are NBA NBA champions. Good for you guys, especially with, after what's going on with uh, your football team over there. So, congratulations to Milwaukee. Yeah, we all watched the Deer, the Deer District just go absolutely crazy. JJ, what did you think of this series? Well, first and foremost, congrats to Milwaukee. Small market team. Giannis actually had a sneak this towards the uh, super team saying that it's blank card but he was able to do it he didn't need to join a super team and that he had the skill to do it which was a sneak this to James Harden who said you know Giannis just goes up and down the court and dunks the ball but you know this is kind of like a teaching moment for bigs out there and even for someone like Ben Simmons if you're just aggressive, you play your defense, you go to the rack, and you're, you do you know what you can without ever tripping going to the free throw line, you could still make a huge impact. Yes, sir. And John touched a lot of the points that I wanted to t- touch on, which you know, the Bucks they did what they had to do. Great defense. Um, Holiday did his part on defense and so did Middleton yeah. and even though those two were very inconsistent We highly doubted them. They made a shut up at the very end of it. Yes, sir 
And Absolutely. just to sum up with the Suns, will they ever get back? I mean, we talked about this over and over again too, which is, I think this was their window. This was Chris Paul's window, definitely. But can Devin Booker and Aiden go back? Maybe. But who stands in their way? The Lakers, the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Nets, the Jazz, the Nets, even on like we're going East Coast teams. Yeah. It's just like a barrage of teams that, you know, they didn't have to face this year just due to injury. And I know that's not their fault, but hopefully we see another level of Devin Booker. But call me a hater. I don't want to hear anybody comparing this dude to Kobe again. <laughs> John, can I get yeah, an amen to John, that or no? What do you, you think of that? I'll get a, I'll get a double <laughs> amen and a hallelujah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I think John's on record saying that everyone's a little bit, just a little bit too early on the whole Devin Booker-Kobe comparisons. But I want to give Giannis Antetokounmpo his flowers. I'm going to get a little nerdy here. The game six, he had a 50-point, 14-rebound, five-block game. And surprisingly, he had a 17 for 19 at the charity stripe performance, oh. which is a very Ooh. rare occasion for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Just to talk about how much the Suns were sending him to the line, you know, he was drawing actually Shaquille O'Neal comparisons in the early 2000s um, just because of the way that Giannis has been dominant and also the way that the Suns have been strategizing to put him at the charity stripe. They actually put Giannis 10% more on the charity stripe than Shaq per game. Which is actually, if you think about it, that's a sign of almost like respect, right? Like, we much rather have you at the line than have you completely destroy us on the block because that's exactly what Giannis was doing. Their last, the Bucks' last championship actually was with Al Cinder. Um which is AKA Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who averaged 27 points, 18 rebounds. Giannis averaged 35 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, and 1.8 blocks. Like, this is one of the greatest, people are saying, one of the greatest finals performances of all time. Me kind of talking through that, do you guys think that statement is true. That statement is being tossed around by ESPN, by NBA TV, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What do you guys think? For me, the simple fact that we all counted him out because we saw his knee go 180, dude, the other way. I always like forget that. Burger. Like, give this dude props. Like, no one expected him to come back. Nobody, and me coming from. Uh, ACL injury history. Yes, sir. When I saw that injury, my jaw dropped and I was just like, it's over. But not only did he come back, he dominated. Yeah. John, what do you think? I think I think it has to be. I know that a lot of, we have recency bias a lot of the time and we we look at things that happened in the last week or two weeks and we'll favor those usually but i do think based on the way he dominated like jj said and he did things that all of the critics said that he couldn't do he did them when they mattered and to your point about the free throws he's he shot 17 for 19 of them 
and they needed every single one of those makes because they only won by seven points seven or eight points so and right he did everything on the court i mean it was his first nba finals what is he 26 and he i mean i feel like you have to put that up there i'm not maybe top five top ten performances from a single individual player maybe not top five top ten maybe but yeah it was definitely up there it was amazing man yeah to put it into perspective he is the seventh player to score over 50 points in a finals game in a finals game but he's the most efficient he shot um 74.9 percent lebron i guess was second place in 2018 with 69.2%. And he's the 45th person in playoff history to score over 50 points, but he's the only one to do it with five blocks. So this guy was doing it on both ends, which is absolutely incredible. I say all this, but I also want to bring something up. I want to say, is there a narrative where Giannis, let's say that he blows game six. He has an awful game six. Is there a possibility that you could make a case for finals MVP for either Middleton or Drew Holiday? I know I'm probably speaking blasphemy. What? I think you could make a case if, like you said, if Giannis bombed game six and they somehow still won. You could probably make it for, I mean, you could probably make it for either guy if you really, but for me, I think it's kind of a reach. Just because Giannis is the guy on that team, he is the leader, not just but what he does on the court, but what he, you know, his speeches and his leadership, yeah. which was evident through all the, the playbacks and the replays and the things that he was telling his team. And even in the press conference, he has such composure, even when they lost, he's, his focus was, you could sense that the level of focus that he had was, was on a different level. And I think for those reasons that go beyond the stat sheet, it would be hard to give somebody else the mvp but you can make i think you can make a case for either middleton or drew holiday just because of the the singular single games that they had and that they were at times dominating but overall Giannis was the most consistent by far yeah i mean jj you think Giannis is was the walk away mvp yeah he had to be the walk away mvp especially with the last four wins I mean, that, that that's just crazy just to even say it out loud, where four games ago, the Suns were up 2-0, <laughs> and Giannis just wins yeah. four straight. Holla, holla. And we, we even said on the pod, like, statistically, the last team to come back 0-2, I believe was the 2006 Heat against the Mavs, yeah. which was, you know, more than 15, or it was about 15 years ago, so... Yeah, I mean, he dominated. That straight up dominated. You could have a case for Middleton because he's the closer. Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason why I bring it up is because, like, Middleton was clutch. Like, he was absolutely clutch. I think, I want to say it was game three. We were saying this is the best Chris Middleton game I've ever seen. And then time and time again, his, he's had to score in clutch situations. And for Drew Holiday, I think... The case for him would have been if he had like a triple double in game six, people could say, well, you know, ever since game two, he shut down Chris Paul and he was like this defensive juggernaut. And that game five, that steal that led to like the alley-oop with Giannis Antetokounmpo, that was like 
a series defining moment i want to say yeah that was and probably Drew holiday was a big part of it yeah that was probably the play of the game for game five yeah i mean and i i want to say that like game of the, the play of the series yeah play of the series yeah go ahead john no I was, you're right you guys nailed it on the head play of the game probably play of the series he he stopped the suns from taking the lead he stole the ball from Booker and in the and also put them ahead by three with a foul and Giannis got fouled, so he yeah, did I he remember, did both things on both both sides of the floor. Were you guys surprised that he threw that alley oop? A little bit, I was. Just going backwards, I was. dude. I was, I was like, oh, they're gonna dribble out the clock, and then he randomly just tosses it up. He gets an and one off of Chris Paul. LeBron gets a front seat to all of it. Is there to watch his boy? I'm sure that made JJ smile. <laughs> can, can I just mention this? Like, I know we're gonna have all this Chris Paul talk in a little bit. Yeah. And we should talk about it. And he deserves what people are saying about him. But no one is talking about how Chris Paul pushed Giannis midair. Yeah. And I know uh, some writers, because I've read it. That should have been a flagrant. That's not a basketball play. No, what if Giannis landed incorrectly like what Clay did against Toronto and tore his ACL? But that's why Chris Paul gets to hate because of plays like that. No, 100%. Let me save this lander for later. Yeah, no, that's that's totally valid. I, I agree with that. What's even more baffling, though, is that he didn't realize that the Suns were only down by one at the time. And if even if he makes that dunk, you could, they're still down by three. So you could still make a three to tie the game. <laughs> yeah. So the foul was yeah. in a, not only inappropriate, it was also completely unnecessary from a basketball standpoint to try to win the game. <laughs> Agreed. Point guard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch a little bit. I'm going to shift gears. I'm going to talk about Coach Bud. We had a lot of Coach Bud slander here. I mean, you guys said it. He fell, he fell, you know, 0-2 to the Suns and ended up sweeping the series. How did he do this? How did he save his job? He's a man of faith. <laughs> <laughs> He's a man of. He, How did he save it? Yeah. What kind of? Well, who who wrote We're, this? Hey, who wrote this question? I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> Here, uh, we're all me, surprised. John, right? We're all this. surprised about Coach Bud, because we, st- after winning the finals, do we st- do we like him? Do you guys like him? No, <laughs> I don't. I mean, he, he didn't win. What are you talking about? He didn't win the series. It was Giannis that won the series. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he really did much coaching. It was more just give Giannis the ball, tell Giannis to stop shooting jump shots, which anybody could do. And tell him to just do what he does is dominate <laughs> on the inside of the paint. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that he did mid games or mid series that would indicate that he made a, a, a massive adjustment from game two to game three, or game three to game four. So it was it was honestly mostly just the Bucks, their will to win, their focus, and their determination to not give up when they were down by 17 in one game and then also seven or eight in the fourth quarter of another game so excuse yeah i mean this has to be like a sneaky sort of nightmare for milwaukee fans right because i mean coach bud is gonna get an extension and like 
that crap is gonna be like for six years it's gonna be like a six-year extension or something like that because i mean they haven't won a championship since 71 and now coach bud brings that trophy home i'm actually gonna shift gears a little bit jj had mentioned earlier that Giannis Antetokounmpo, in his in his um press conference was talking about why he didn't want to join a super team and we're just gonna like kind of take a listen to what Giannis Antetokounmpo said so rj run that video man you know, uh, they, but that's my stubborn side like it's easy to go somewhere and go and win a championship with somebody else it's easy I could go, I don't want to put anybody in the spot, but I could go to a super team and, you know, just do my part and win a championship, still one. But this is the hard way to do it, and this is the way. And we did it. <laughs> I will, the PG yo, I like, I like that he gets, that he says that, though. You know, he puts emphasis on it. <laughs> what do you guys think of what Giannis Antetokounmpo said here? I'm going to start with JJ. I thought it was a great marketing move on his part. Yeah. Showed that you could go to a small, small market team like Milwaukee, and if you're good enough, you could lead them to victory of a championship. It puts more credibility under his name, his legacy as well, during a time where super teams, for the most part, have been around. And there's nothing wrong with super teams, and when I say that, you know, the Bulls were the super were, were a super team. The Lakers were a super team. Oh. Yeah. Then we had the new narrative of super teams, though, with uh, Garnett Celtics. You had mm -hmm. uh, LeBron's Heat. Oh. And I don't know if you want to call Warriors with you know Katie joining that trio, and now the Nets. But right, right. Oh. What Giannis did, you know. By just saying that in a press conference, I think he built his brand and his image and his credibility as a bona fide superstar. Yeah. yeah, I think he's giving a lot of hope to small market teams. Um, but my next question is, does this championship have an asterisk on it? Like, did the Bucks really earn this one? What do you guys think? Like, just straight up. So, I don't like giving injuries as a reason to why a team won the title because it happens a lot. It happens every year, I think, for the most part. There's rarely a year that there isn't a major injury to a playoff team that is considered a finals contender or a favorite to win it all. So, there's you have to be a little bit lucky in, in, in addition to being good, I think. But the reason why I think people are saying there's an asterisk for this year is because it was so widespread and it was so common. It happened a lot more than it typically does. I have to go back on my word. I'll, I'll eat my words and I'm going to do the same thing that John's doing now, which is, you know, it was legitimate. I said that oh, whoever would win this title and I was taking a shot at the Suns that it wouldn't be a legit title which I never believed but when I it was when Giannis injured his knee Bruh. it was when we saw the Nuggets without Murray it was without you know the Clippers yeah. and Kawhi and it was out with the Lakers without AD Bruh. right 
I think the Bucks did have a legitimate title, but if the Suns win it, they wouldn't have. It's a double standard. <laughs> That's biasedness at its best right there. <laughs> I think I think I was sort of like on like with you, JJ. When Giannis got injured, I said I said pretty much the same thing. I said this is sad for NBA for the NBA because if Giannis were to win the title you could kind of convince yourself that with how dominant Giannis has been during the playoffs, that he legitimately won it. But I want to talk about the narratives for the Bucks because it seems like the Bucks were very disrespected every yes, single round. Round one, they sweep the Miami Heat. The narrative is, what's wrong with the Heat? Round two, they get a Game 7 victory over the Brooklyn Nets. The narrative is, Kyrie and Harden were both injured. And also, if Kevin Durant's toe was just, you know, an inch shorter, they win that game. What? Round three, game six, victory over the Atlanta Hawks. No one is really surprised because the Hawks are so young. No pun intended. And then the finals, they finally give Giannis Antetokounmpo his flowers. They say that he's amazing, that he absolutely deserve it. But also they say, CP3 choked. And speaking of CP3 choking, we're going to talk about Chris Paul's legacy. What do you think this means for Chris Paul? And I guess just absolutely what it means for how we think of Chris Paul looking back at his career. I'm going to go with JJ. Everybody hates Chris. No, I mean, you know, I I truly respect Chris Paul, the way that no, he plays the game. Okay. Defensively, the shots, how he could be a general. But to be, like, quite honest, like, if I was a coach or if my son was playing basketball, just his antics, it's just, like, irritating to watch. And he's even had a re- bad reputation amongst his teammates. And, John, I know you're probably going to say this. Because we've talked about it before, but I'm just gonna really hint it really quick for my, you know, my take, which is, if you're considered the MVP candidate on this team and the floor general, then you gotta take ownership of the loss. Ooh-wee. And a point, point guard that only shoots seven free throws or eight free throws for the whole series, I wanna say, or I'll I'll say this. He didn't even shoot a free throw for um, game three and four, I want to say, or four and five. The last seven, the last uh, four games, he only shot seven free throws, which is unacceptable. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that is his legacy. John. Yeah, it's, it's hard to defend Chris Paul right now mostly because he screwed up my prediction and made me look like a fool <laughs> no no it's jj's right if, if you're a guy who's given all of the credit for taking a, a team to the next level which he was people were talking about him as an mvp candidate you also have to take the criticism the same criticism when you don't do well when your team doesn't do well when you don't excel and your team fails and you're also up 2-0 in the finals with a huge advantage and you're up in game four by seven points in the fourth quarter and then you're up by 17 in game five at home 
those are games yeah. that you don't give away. Those are games that a leader like Chris Paul, mm -hmm. someone a vet, yeah. vet should not let his team lose under any circumstances. And I'm not that's not a knock on the Bucks and what they did because a lot of credit goes to them. But 17 points, uh, a 17 point lead is blowing that in the regular season in a in a meaningless game is people get upset at that. But in the finals of a pivotal game five to break the tie is at home. To me, that's unacceptable, and it falls on the shoulders of your leader, Chris Paul. So, yep. you yeah. know, just straight up. Yes, sir. I know I'm, I'm not a hater like JJ is, but that's the reality. <laughs> so here are the <laughs> here are the notable blown series by Chris Paul. Um, in 2008 against the Spurs, 2013 against the Grizzlies, 2015 against the Rockets, 2016 against the Blazers, and 2018 against the Warriors. Oh, wait! I mean, man, that list is incredibly long for someone called the point god. And you know, we're gonna we're gonna move forward now. Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton—they had to jump on a private jet together, and they had to fly to Tokyo to play this game against <laughs> against France. What is wrong with Team USA, man? Team USA loses to France. They lose to the likes of Evan Fournier and Rudy Gobert. What? Like, what the heck is happening with this team, boys? John, what do you think? I'm going to start off by saying what a great idea for team chemistry to have Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton fly on the same plane to play <laughs> on the same team. That must be great for the the uh, camaraderie and the Excuse team unity. No, but in all seriousness, it's it's a combination of things, I think. And we've touched on this in previous pods. The lack of talent compared to other years in the Olympics. There aren't any uh, real superstars other than Damian Lillard, Dame and KD, who are actually not even playing to their potential right now or not playing the way we expect them to. And you have another. You have other players that are fringe stars, fringe all stars, or fringe superstars that, you know, are great players, but they're not on that upper echelon, Mount Rushmore type players. And then it's also just the lack of chemistry, in addition to the lack of talent, and not playing together, not putting in the work, not putting in the time. And then also the third thing is just the level of competition internationally has grown and improved over the years it's probably better than it's ever been right. in since you know since the olympics started and True. that's huge and these teams these guys have been playing they're not big names you know you guys like evan fournier and rudy gobert and nicholas batum those are good players but they're not great but they've been playing they 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 understand that they probably play together in previous years they don't switch up players like the team USA does every four years so I think a lot of it goes into that and, and it's showing so losing to France is a blow and man I I just hope that they make the medal games I hope that they at <laughs> least make. make the podium because not even to make the medal games that would be pretty embarrassing right yes, they gotta win their next two is that they what have it is? to win their next two preliminary qualifying games and if they don't, they're not even playing for the medal. I don't think that's ever happened in Team USA basketball history. Yeah, JJ, what do you think of this whole situation? 
I agree with John where he was saying that the talent isn't as high as before. But just for argument's sake, these are the best players in the world. We arguably have the top 50 players while you have Evan Fournier. Like, okay, <laughs> are you even top 100, my guy? Not, not to take a shot, but no, that, not even top that was a shot, though. That was like two shots. <laughs> that was a shot. International like, basketball what? is getting better, but also Evan Fournier <laughs> and Facundo Campazzo yeah. and Luis it's Scola getting... and Ekpe Udo. <laughs> like, yeah. come on now. Like, it's getting better, but we have the best of the best. That's why they don't get paid just millions. Yeah. They get paid multi millions in yeah. the States. And you can't just have your ISO pick and roll or you like fishing for fouls. Yeah. Which happened today. And you can't have Kevin Durant and Dame only score 21 amongst the both of them. Yeah. John, John said the key word, which True. is embarrassing. Like have more like pride. This is the Olympics. Like Eps. when we talk about the Olympics, people have trained years to compete in it. Oh. And I think with basketball, it was just always an overly confident thing that Team USA goes in there and just destroys everybody. Yeah. But regardless of we have talent, we should be able to win. Yeah, I, I Kevin Durant alone should be able to take over. <laughs> if you see Kevin Durant on Nigeria, everyone would be blanking in their pants. Yeah. yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. I mean, Nigeria. I can't believe we lost to Nigeria in an exhibition game. Um, RJ, the video producer, actually gave us a little nugget. He said that the money line was like what seventeen hundred. Seventeen hundred. So if you bet on that, man, you, you'd you'd be swimming in some good money right now. And talking about Kevin Durant, I'm kind of questioning whether or not he's actually a good leader for for Team USA. RJ, I have a video here where Kevin Durant tries to snatch a ball away from Bam Adebayo during practice. Have you guys seen this? I have. Here they are shooting shots here. Kevin Durant makes one, and uh, he's looking for his ball back. And there's Bam Adebayo working on his dribbling skills, I guess, with Kevin Durant's ball. He says, I made that, though. Trying to get his ball back. Yeah, Bam, I think Bam was saying that it was West, it was uh, Beal or somebody else who shot the ball, somebody yeah. else's ball. Oh. RJ, play that last part of the video right there. He tries to take, he tries to snatch it right there. <laughs> and then, and then Bam Adebayo basically said, don't, like, you ain't got to snatch the ball like that. You ain't got to snatch the ball like that. Weird exchange. Is that a weird exchange? That's on IG Live. Yeah, that's, a, it's a little weird only because it's KD, right? I think. Yeah. There is he's has this persona now that he's very petty and and things that normally wouldn't bother people that aren't as sensitive or he, you would think that Katie might just be joking around but he might legitimately be butthurt about that and yeah. I know that we we brush this aside as nothing 
But honestly, that could cause team chemistry issues because it's just... That's what I'm saying, It's man. super petty. Oh, it's it's completely unnecessary. And if KD was genuinely pissed, I mean, are we, are we surprised at this point? It's KD. He gets pissed at everything. Yeah. If you're a homie, you don't snatch a ball like that, right? I wouldn't do that to you guys. JJ. Well, there is an etiquette, right? Like, the ball that you shoot, you get back. So, in Kevin Durant's defense, he had some foundation against his, or with his argument. But, you don't act like a little whatever and be like, <laughs> start cussing and be like, no, there's my ball, though. <laughs> like, I would never do that. Like, I think yeah. the etiquette and exchange is that you have your ball after you make it, and if you, if you have the ball switch, well, I pass high, you do the bounce pass low or whatever, vice right, versa. Right. And then you shoot. That's like the unspoken bond amongst teammates or people that you play ball with. Or just just on the court in general, man. Yeah. You don't have to You're on team USA, you're a multimillionaire, you're competing at the Olympics, you're supposed to build camaraderie, and you're acting like that. It's like those are the type of dudes at the bar that get mad over everything and we've said in this pod don't be those dudes yep come on katie i'm trying my best (laughs) to still love you my guy and you do this stuff that makes it hard for me agreed his execution is poor and you know i honestly think that there might be some kevin durant friction in team usa because why why else would they want javel mcgee to be on this team. JaVale McGee is a dude who likely has, like, who does have a really good relationship with Kevin Durant. It was seen definitely while he was playing with the Warriors. And we're gonna just play this video of JaVale McGee leading a happy birthday song for Kevin Durant. There they are, just a crowd of people yelling happy birthday to, to Kevin Durant. That's entire. Um, that's the entire Team USA, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. Like all, every yeah. whole sports, right? Yeah. Sports the, the twist to this is that it's not Kevin Durant's birthday. What? <laughs> it wasn't his birthday. It was a prank on Kevin. Do you guys think this is a dub or a dud? For JaVale McGee, this prank. A dub for all of us. Uh, a dud for Kevin Durant and Team USA. Oh. <laughs> I mean, have you guys seen a more miserable person? That, to me, that's just, he did not seem happy about that. and He did not respond very well to no. that, right? And it's just a, I mean, I get it. People are different. People react differently. Maybe Katie's an introvert. He doesn't like the attention, but... It's harmless fun. There's nothing. Nobody's yeah. getting shot. Nobody's dying. Nobody's seriously hurt. <laughs> I, I don't get. I don't get the reaction. At least crack a smile or something. Is it not? Nothing is amusing <laughs> to you. The dude just seems completely miserable, man. Yeah. Look! Look at that look right there, JJ. What do you think? Sensitive. Yeah. Sensitive. What's that? Major pain. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, like crack, like John said, harmless fun, like crack a smile, like play along with it. Yeah. 
Yeah, if this was like our group of friends, the moment that someone gets mad, you know we're gonna even push that joke even further. Yep. So, know the rules of your friends. Yeah. If you don't like it, then smile and pretend it doesn't affect you. Even though it shouldn't have affected <laughs> you in the first place. What I usually tell like, like my niece and nephews or just anyone that's young, like if you're getting prank, it's always good to just like steer into the skid. You know, Kevin Durant could have been like, oh, thanks guys. Like, yeah, I'm having a great birthday. Just like slide right into the joke. But he did the opposite. He just sat there looking kind of annoyed, kind of side-eyed everybody. Hey, um, We'll see what Team USA does, man, because I'm worried about them. Their next game is against Iran. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know a single person on that roster. So that makes me both excited and absolutely terrified. I'm betting $1,000 on Iran. Bruh. <laughs> Look at this picture. Right I know, right? <laughs> on that note, <laughs> man, that is it for our episode tonight. Uh, JJ, thank you for being on. Thank you, everybody. Congrats, Belawake. John, thank you for being on. I know we didn't have a Scotty Pippen segment, but next next episode. <laughs> next episode, definitely. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. I am Rosa Panza. And of course, this is The Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Find us wherever you find your podcasts.